If you had the world's attention for five minutes, what would you say? It would be about unity and working together. And it would be about the collective rather than personal gain. Yo, 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 yo. Hello, hello. What's up, coworkers? Welcome back, coworkers, the part two of the We Outside After Work podcast. I am your host, Dana. And I'm your host, Dana. And I'm your boy, Aaron. <laughs> Welcome to the We Outside After Work podcast, where we have off the clock conversations, where we take ourselves home, we take our bra off, and we just get back into having real deal conversations. You I'm your boy, know. Aaron. It's your girl, Dana, and we about to talk about some things, specifically on my Instagram. Wait, you said where we take our bra off. Yeah. You wear a bra? I don't wear a bra, but I think it's commonplace that when women go home, they just strap their bra off and they just let the titties hang. Yes, definitely. Like, it literally feels like... Relief. It's like, it's like all the stress from every minute of being in front of these aggravating ass white people because you feel so confined too with a bra so when you take it off it's like gravity takes control what would the man equivalent of taking your bra off be um like what what do men do that's like so relaxing and when you do it you feel at peace um close the door be away from wife and kids okay give us like a good 37 minutes like just peace and quiet. Mm-hmm. Like you know how you get home and you. Is get it right home. after? Okay, I was gonna say, is it right after work? Yeah, like right after work. Just don't talk to me. Mm. Like you know, like I don't want to tell you how my day was. I don't want to hug the kids. I just kind of want to just like give me a minute. You don't want to hug the kids? No, just let me let me let me go for a second. I'll be out and then I'll be back and energized. I'll be ready to go. But you know the problem is as soon as you get home now work comes home and then home comes home and then you never get a chance to detach like we got to detach a little bit y'all i think but i think that's a parent thing though right yeah do your homework while i relax the wife though right like she comes home too from work and Mm -hmm. she gotta go straight to cooking straight to helping with homework if you're going to relax what is she supposed to be doing who's going kids okay let me give you a little parenting tip you know how Honey Bun was just roaming? That's what kids do. Go ahead and roam for a little bit. I can hear if you breaking shit or making noise. Do your homework. Watch some TV. See, that's the thing. Oh. Like, Honey has to be watched. So do you think there's a certain age where they can kind of just roam and not be supervised? Mm-hmm. Or the age don't matter? Yeah, as soon as they're born. You can put them in a playpen. Put them in the box. Right, you put them in the playpen so you don't get destruction. Yeah, that's that's also also conditioning your children to be prisoners. But why don't you let them roam free and be wild? And I don't want my child to kill herself. Okay, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I don't want my dog to choke on a piece of fucking something he found in the corner. So yeah, but um, I would say. The, the three things that people want to do when they get off of work is, like you said, take your bra off for a woman, go and relax as a man, and sit in your car. Ladies and gentlemen, when you get home from work, 
Don't go right in the house. Sit your ass in that car. Give yourself 15 to 20 minutes. Eat your Chick-fil-A. Don't share with the kids. I know you got a little snack pack in there or something, some goldfish, some fruit snacks. Eat them shits in peace. That's crazy. It's not crazy. Mm. Okay. As a, yeah, as, a kid. as a parent, though, like I, I can understand the moment of isolation you want after work. So I do think those 15 minutes in the car is necessary. So necessary. Um, I'm not... I haven't had to deal with that yet because, you know, I don't have children. Like, I do have a puppy. So, for me, like, well, first of all, I work from home. So, I don't necessarily have to chill in the house or chill in my car. But, yeah, I mean, for me, like, I love being home. Like, it's like my sanctuary. So, mm-hmm. I, like, I'm one of those people when I did work in the office, I would rush home to chill. Mm-hmm. So. I well, I also, now I don't do it as much because I drive an hour. So it's like, I don't kind of want to stay in the car unless yeah. I'm on like the phone or something. Then I just kind of want to just enjoy my, my peace and quiet. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, yo, just, just relax y'all. Yeah. Just but relax. this is another week of the We Outside After Work podcast. And we tried something new and we wanted to involve our wonderful followers. Some of mine this time, next time we're going to do Dana's followers. Then we're going to try to combine everybody and get them onto the We Outside at the Work Instagram so we can just continue to grow our following and growing the fun and excitement for you guys. But mm-hmm. um, I reached out to a bunch of my followers and I asked them, hey, give me a question to ask on a podcast. And for any of the individuals who question I picked today, I'm actually giving them a $20 gift card to Target. So, you know, we want to make sure that y'all feel part of the show and we can't wait for more of this interaction to happen. Um, And the easiest way to interact with us is obviously our Instagram. Also, our Gmail at W-O-A-W-Pod at gmail.com. When Dana do the edits, I'm likely going to put the name of the individual into the edit. So I'm not going to shout out anybody who did the um, questions. But for everybody who contributed, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, just let me know the winner, and then I'll put their Instagram on the screen. Oh, I thought you were going to pay them. No, you're the one who said you're giving out $20 for a gift card. So you yeah, got to hold that. I got you. All right. You ready for Let's question number one? It. Yes. You want to start or you want me to start? I can start. All right. Question number one was what was your worst first date my worst first date okay i had two so i think this was something we talked about if not i'm just gonna re re uh retell retell this story so the first one was in college and it was that date to tropicana mm-hmm. remember and it was with the guy who was being very consistent with reaching out and saying he wanted to take me on a date. Finally went to a diner up the street from the school. And he was on FaceTime the whole time with somebody who went to Kane. So if you ever watch this, just know this is why it was the first and the last date. Because <laughs> afterwards, he did still hit me up still has me on Instagram and there were moments after that he was still trying to be persistent and he got sent to the restricted section. Hmm. So that was one. Hold on. Um, was the date itself bad or was it just because he was on FaceTime the whole time? Like did y'all have any 
like we had, okay so we had chemistry as far as he was funny he wasn't that attractive to me which is why i was dubbing him for a long time yeah so it was on some like why not you know <laughs> like you've been <laughs> hitting me up for a while so why not let's see how this goes this so, is a lesson prior to the date we went to the liquor store we get to the liquor store and i don't know if you're well yeah you grew up in union right so downtown elizabeth oh yeah that way yes but you know the area right yeah so downtown elizabeth has a lot of homeless people mm -hmm. and a lot of people who are dealing with addictions and stuff like that so we're in the liquor store and i remember there was this guy in there who was just being very he was like very loud and you could tell he was like under some type of influence and the guy that i was with like i guess this was a liquor store that he went to a lot because he's also very loud and then he sees this other guy who's in there and he was like yo like get whatever you want like i got you like i'm paying for you like it was a very like obnoxious um communication between both of them like just real loud and obnoxious and whatever so i was kind of just like on the side of waiting, not only because of all of that going on, but I was surprised we ended up at the liquor store because I didn't ask to go to the liquor store. I didn't want anything, but we was there. He was trying to get you lit. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, but we didn't even, even after, hold on, let me get there. So that happened, but I got to see a side of him that I didn't necessarily like because it was just so unexpected. Like everything that transpired at that moment, I had a feeling where I was like, okay, this is this is not what I expected, but like, I'm in college, I'm hungry. Let's go to Tra Tropicana, the diner to get food. So we do what we do. He's on FaceTime. He actually was on FaceTime from the beginning when we sat down up until we left. Huh. So we didn't actually really get to have conversation or talk. It was just very awkward. And I just remember texting my friends the whole time, like, this is what's going on. Send my and, location, because I got to go. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember he dropped me back off where the dorms were. And I'm assuming he thought we were going to hang out after the fact, which we did not. And that was kind of like the first and the last mm -hmm. date. Yeah, so that was one bad one. And then another bad one, this was probably like two years ago. And I was just in a phase where I'm like, let me just date. Let me just date people. Let me just go out and just experience different kinds of people than my norm, right? So I'm on this first date and this guy also isn't that attractive because I'm. I was at a point where it's like, I don't want to be that person who just solely dates for looks, right? Because that's very shallow and like some people can really have, but they can have substance to them and they may not look the part, but they can potentially get to that point or, you know, you may have great conversation and whatever. I'm not like that no more. Like I need to be attracted to you. <laughs> Reasons why I'm still single. Yeah. So <clears throat> on this date, um, I pull up and I think we went to, we went to actually like an Applebee's, like one of the, the franchises that was on that list. Mm. Yeah. But again, 
I'm not really trying to do too much judge because I'm like, I'm here for a good time. I'm getting to know people. Like, I'm not trying to be that girl that's like, yeah, nah, I'm not coming because it's. Huh? That's what you get for going to Applebee's. I should have listened to the girls on the list, right? Like, way away. But anyway, so I pull up (coughs) and he's already there. He's inside sitting down at the table. Now the table has a bunch of appetizers on it. Like there's the, the chicken, the, I think it was like the pretzels, the nachos. Like it was just everything on the table and he was already drinking. So he already started. Right. So I'm not going to lie. I've never experienced that before where someone already ordered things and I didn't really know how to take it if I was flattered, if I was flattered or I was upset because I'm like, damn, you couldn't wait until I got here to order or you were trying to be sweet and just have a variety of things for me to choose from. What's your question? Were you late? I think I was like running a couple minutes late. <laughs> Maybe like 10 minutes. This Nothing crazy. No, like as the first dates, especially if you are just dating people, like you don't have a one set person, right? Like you should meet the person where you're going just for your safety precaution. So this is what I was doing. So yeah, I was, I was running a little bit behind, but whatever. So we get into conversation and he's telling me about his ex-girlfriend right? Like you have that conversation of like, oh, how was your past relationship? What happened? Why did y'all break up? Blah, blah, blah. And he gets to really like getting in his feelings about how she made him feel. Like she would uh, emasculate him. She would do different things that made him feel less than, right? And he was expressing it as if he was talking to her, to me. So I'm feeling a little uncomfortable, but I'm still sitting there listening because I could tell like he needed someone to listen to, right? But also in my mind, I'm thinking, we'll see how this goes because this is probably going to be the last time I see this man. Yeah, so we get to talking and then I end up asking him, I'm like, so when did y'all break up? He says it was about two weeks ago And he actually, earlier that same day we went on a date, he moved all his stuff out of their apartment into his own apartment. So you didn't really have the time to, to really sit with that breakup and go through it. And now you're on a date with me. But it was just a very short amount of time and it was the same exact day. And I thought that was strange. And also you're projecting all of your feelings about this woman to me, which ultimately it did feel like a therapy session because I can't talk to people and just really understand their point of view and just be that ear to listen. But I don't want to do that on the first date about your ex. You just moved out from earlier that day. So that was that was the worst date. Yeah, I can see that sucking. Um, but I do give him a little bit of grace. You know, today's society, we we are telling people that when things don't work out, find ways to cope and move on. I don't suggest being a rebound for nobody, though. For me, 
my worst first date was my, I believe I was a freshman. It was either freshman or sophomore year I came. Whenever Paranormal Activity came out. Because me and this girl, I think her name is Tiffany. She was such a nice, sweet girl. Good names? Yeah, yeah, I get a name. I don't, I don't think I follow her on any social media. She, she, I think she commuted to Kane too, which is weird because I don't know how we met, where we met. Maybe we were in class together or something. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, at that time, certain people had cars and certain people didn't. So I was, I was on, I was on foot. <laughs> so she had a car and I was like, you know, let me take you out, blah, blah, blah. So, um, I took her, technically she took me to the movies and we went to the movies to see paranormal activity and everybody was raving about this movie. This is the craziest movie. It's so scary. And we were in there for like 30 minutes bored out of our minds. I hated paranormal activity, by the way. Yeah. So I'm like, um, would you like to go somewhere? Like have a little bit more fun because this isn't it because we're already bored. We're already staring at each other trying to figure out what the fuck we're going to do next so yeah. we decided that we're going to go to ihop because i love ihop that's my spot right unfortunately i picked the ihop in irvington have you ever been to ihop in irvington i've been to the one in east orange well the one in irvington sells soul food does so, it that's how black that <laughs> ihop is they is it like well-seasoned food that they got collard greens in ihop that's all you need to know okay. yeah so my dumb ass I'm, I'm in my infancy of dating, so I didn't realize that every IHOP wasn't the same. But I remember going to this IHOP and had like a train in it. Like it had like a, a train set or something like just going through the IHOP. So I'm like, yo, I got this perfect spot we can go to. We can go to the IHOP over here. I believe it's at Irvington, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Man, little do you know, all the gangbangers <laughs> go to IHOP at Irvington after the club let out. Mm-hmm. So they were in there about the brawl. They was ready to shoot up the IHOP. Okay. We had to get out. <laughs> we didn't even eat. <laughs> we didn't eat. We didn't watch a movie. We didn't share an experience. I don't even remember if the girl spoke that day. So did they start fighting as you guys got there? Yes. Well, we sat. We were ordering our food and then all hell broke loose in IHOP. So uh, we had to get up out of there. So we didn't eat. We didn't watch a movie. um, And I believe she just dropped me off. And I don't think I ever spoke to her ever again. Wow. And the crazy thing was, I don't think we had like bad chemistry or anything. I just, she was a really quiet girl. So maybe I just didn't take the initiative to continue. But yeah, nah, there's just it. And I think I seen her on Facebook like a couple years ago. But Mm -hmm. I haven't seen her. Like, I've never seen this girl again a day in my yeah. life. I think if she did actually feel you and wanted to get to know you more, or even What's like, go out <laughs> no, she would have hit you up. That's just how women are. Like, if we want something, we will be persistent as men. So it most likely was the date was trash on her side, too. No, I think I think you're projecting what you would have done. Because I'm not I, projecting anything. You I'm just I've been around. She didn't hit you up and nothing happened. Which is so. fine. She she may have very well not been interested. I think she exactly. But, no, I do because some women don't know how to they don't know how to step up when it comes to conversations and being a, a sort of aggressive or forthright when it comes to um, having real conversations with men. I see a lot of it. So if I initiate a conversation, we can talk all day, every day. 
But if I say nothing, we will never talk. That's a lot of women. And that's women that like you. That's not just women that don't like you. I've been in plenty of situations to know what a woman would do if she likes you and know that this is, I think I trust my, my data. Okay. All right. (laughs) You ready for question number two? Good. All right. Why do job recruiters hate job jumping on resumes? Would you like me to start or you got it? Um, I can start. So I had friends who have been in HR, who have been in management positions, and they have said it does come off as instability and it does come off as you not really wanting to like give that commitment to a company and grow with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that's just an older way of having a job and just being in the job market where nowadays I do feel like it's beneficial to you because for me specifically, ever since I graduated college, I've had, I want to say four different jobs. Yeah. So now I'm in my fourth job, fourth career. And every single time I've got in a new job, I was able to double my salary. Mm -hmm. So I was able to do that without staying at the same company, because as we mentioned on part one, you never know like where your starting point is with the salary. Like you can have a base starting of 30 grand Mm -hmm. and you're working with a coworker who their base salary starting was like 60 grand and your cap is going to be at like the 60 grand and theirs is going to be higher. So I do think nowadays, um, if you do get a better opportunity to make more money, definitely take it because the companies and industries, whatever industry you're in organizations, they're not going to pay you your worth. They're going to pay you what you let them pay you. They're going to just lowball you unless you either say, Hey, listen, this is what, I'm going to take, if not, I have something better lined up. Like mm-hmm. that will allow you to get more pay. Another thing I want to mention is when you are searching for a job and you do get an offer and you do feel like you're being lowballed, you can counter offer. Now, the only thing that can happen is they say no. And, you know, they're just like, well, listen, this is all we're willing to pay you. But most times, like there is a cushion, there is a cushion of range of what salary for this specific role that you can get. So what I usually usually do for my last jobs is I did counter offer and those counter offers were accepted. So I do feel like you should try that out and not just accept a job offer. But in this market of job searching, it is hard. Um, it is hard finding a new position. Um, I saw this one study where this recruiter, he said when he's a project manager recruiter, and he said um, maybe like a few years ago, he would post a new position and he would get about 20 to 40 applicants. Now, when you post a job opening, he gets between 200 to 400 applicants. So the competition is very high. And I think the reason is because of all of these job cuts. Like there's so many companies letting go of either three to 10% of their employees globally. 
Um, I know Paramount recently did it. I know Microsoft recently did it. A lot of tech companies are doing it because of the whole AI boom. And there's so many um, positions that are being taken over by AI that can do your job in a matter of minutes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I do think that, you know, like go where you are paid the most for your skill set. Um, for me, I don't, I don't disagree at all. Um, I do understand why people would look at it like it's unstable or unstable. Um, but I also, from a recruiter perspective, should internalize like, hey, what is the reason that you went from job A to job B to job C within this duration of time? And I actually had a recent interview and they asked me that. And I was very transparent. I want to be promoted and I want to be paid. Um, I, I feel valued. I feel like I'm providing um, a company with a bunch of assets and very limited liability. I believe that I am skilled. I am worthy. And this is where I should be. And if my company isn't willing to do that, there is somebody that is. And I've been in a lot of companies where tenure is very important. If I'm not leaving or I'm not getting fired, where is the promotion going to be? You're not going to pay me to do my job and pay me at the same premium as someone above me. So I got to find another solution so I can get to this money. And money is very important when it comes to raising your family in today's economy. Rent just went up. Groceries going up. Uh, mortgage, bills, credit. All these things are important. So I can't just sit here and continue to be like, oh, I don't really care about money because the real Aaron, I don't. I don't give a fuck how much I get paid. I do shit that I do for free. Like, I, I don't have zero problem. I can literally go and I can work at Target every single day and bust my ass and be happy about it because I enjoy that shit. But if I know you're paying and I know what a worth is, you're not about to do that shit for free. Fuck that. I see what it's like for you to lowball people. So, no, I'm going to go where they make me happy and where you pay me. So if you had the opportunity to go back to Target in that same position you were in, would you do it? If they pay me what I know they can. Okay. So payment mm -hmm. does matter. It's, it wouldn't have mattered if I didn't know. But when I knew that somebody doing the same exact job as me was getting $35,000 more than me, oh, hell no. Like, I would rather you pay me nothing than you lowball me. Because you paying me nothing means that, you know, everybody everybody can do this job. Go ahead and do it. But if you pay me less than what I'm worth, that's disrespectful. Like, you're purposely disrespecting people to get them to do a job because you know people got a life to live. That's fucked up. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think yeah. that's why, like we talk about all the time, we just talked about in the last episode, publicize everything. Now, these jobs, they do do that now. Like, if you look on Indeed and stuff, oh, you got a range from 100 to 125, 70 to 75. Okay. Which that, a couple years ago, that wasn't a thing up until 2020, where they would have the range for specific titles. There was a point where, like, it was very secretive of mm -hmm. how much this position was making, only because what most people do when they're talking to the hiring manager or mainly the recruiter, because you have to go through the recruiter and then you get to the hiring manager. What one of my tips is 
whenever they ask you how much are you looking for, you have to spin it into a question. Like I never give an answer. Mm -hmm. I'll say, well, how much is this job paying? And whenever I do that, then there's always a pause. And they'll be like, well, it's between this and this. And then I'll say, they'll be like, I'll just give you an example. It's between like 115 and 130 salary. And I'll be like, okay, that's in between what I'm looking for. Like I never give a specific number up until I get the offer. Because when you get that offer, that's when you can start negotiating price. So yeah, go go where you, you know, you feel like you are appreciated and you are paid your worth. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, companies are not going to pay you your worth. So if you feel like you have to job hop, and I would say just give yourself maybe about a year or two at a position so you can put it on your resume and you can speak on it as if you have that skill set and even like tell um different things that your manager did like put that on your resume because ultimately are they going to call your manager and say like did did Aaron do this this and this no like they're going based off what you put mm-hmm. on your resume and how well you can articulate that so and just and just for people to know <laughs> legally they can't actually call a job and say did xyz do xyz they can only call for verification of employment mm-hmm. so feel free to lie like i won't tell nobody out here not to lie in your resume do what you got to do get to the money that you need to get to do understand that the same way that you can lie they can also say i don't believe that you got the skill set and they can fire you so just please be careful (laughs) but um definitely do what you got to do to get to where you need to go um my, my aunt she worked at the irs for like 45 50 years right that's ideal for everyone we want to be at a company for that long if you ask her she probably felt disrespected a bunch of times she probably felt people came in and went above her and they didn't deserve it and you know you don't want to retire disgruntled i don't believe she did i believe she was very happy she's never talked bad about it but at the same time best believe if this person think they're going to come out here and just take over for me and then disrespect me along the way i'm going to find something else i'm not dealing with that shit you got the wrong one. You got me fucked up. Definitely. But, but let's get on to the next question because I got into a 135. All right. What are red flags in a friendship? Red flags in friendship. Um, mm-hmm. And this is just blunt answers. We got to give three. Like, okay. you don't have to give any backstory. Just my three, year three. So my red flags in friendship, I would say number one is... I'm the only one checking in. So it's a one way relationship where if we, if I don't reach out, we don't talk at all. I understand people go through things, but it's a matter of everyone goes through things. Mm -hmm. Like how much do I matter in your life? Because I do have old friends where I do see, you know, they always made excuses of why they can't hang out with me, but you're out with everybody else. So yeah, that's number one. Another red flag in a friendship is, I would say, when you hear, when your friend comes to you about any gossip or drama that they heard about you, and I start to question, 
why someone felt comfortable coming to you and speaking bad about me to you and then obviously you're coming back to tell me so it's kind of like well what did you say in rebuttal to what they said so i think that goes into loyalty and i do think that goes into how you respect me and our friendship another one i would say the last one and this is just off the top of my head this is not in no particular order i would say is trust trust for me is important in friendship but we're saying red flags right okay mm -hmm. so yeah if i can't trust you so if i'm telling you a lot of my personal business and things that i feel like i can confide in you with and you know as a friend i feel like i give that space for you to do the same and i'm hearing other people mention the business that I told you and they're coming to me to be like, Hey, I heard this about you. Like, is everything okay? Even if it's like the smallest thing where like, I tell you I'm dealing with, um, for example, like I'm dealing with health issues with my family members, right? Like I already said that on the podcast, but if there was one particular person that I told to and kept it private and then other friends are asking me about that, that does break a level of trust for me because I never said I felt comfortable with you talking my business with other people. Okay. So don't um, for me, number one would be your number two, um, that loyalty, like don't talk to me, talk about me behind my back. Don't let other people talk about any of our circle behind their backs. And if I see that you're doing that, that tells me a lot about you. Um, I don't like gaslighters when it comes to friendship, like that emotional abuse of, you know, making me feel bad about some shit and all that kind of stuff. Like, don't do that as a friend. I think that's really fucked up. Like you can show me in different ways to help me seek accountability, but for you to constantly throw shit in my face and then make me feel bad about it, that's kind of fucked up. And then if you are a shitty person. I can, I can get with like shitty people when you're not like a great person. But when you take that step above and you just are just so fucked up to everybody, I can't be your friend. Like other people got to like you. Like I can't be somebody's friend where nobody fuck with you because that tells me something about you. And that's a huge red flag. Like nobody consistently vouches for you. Nobody consistently looks out for you. You're always the victim every single time. Like, nah. Yeah, that whole victim, victim role, you yeah, know. I can't fuck with you. Yeah, what's your what's your last one? If you had the world's attention for five minutes, what would you say? Oh, this is a heavy one. If I had the world's attention, <clears throat> so I wouldn't. I don't know exactly what I would say, but I know <laughs> what it would be about. It would be about unity and working together. And it would be about the collective rather than personal gain. Because I do think we've already seen in different societies like ours, how capitalism can destroy a society, especially when it comes to pharmaceuticals, healthcare, education. Like it's fucking terrible because everyone is making money from other people's suffering. So that just, that builds separation, that builds stress. And 
it just brings a lot of other issues where I think if we did work together more as a collective and not only within our country, because we barely have that as it is, but just globally, right? Like just not stealing from countries for our own gain, like we see with what they do a lot with Africa. It would just be the importance of unity and how we can build better together and we could just have a better future and we can actually have our planet not be as polluted and fucking global warming going on everywhere that we look with the floodings, the fires, the weird ass orange and yellow skies that we had last August. Like these are results of our greed. So I do just think if I had that platform, I would really emphasize how working together could benefit us as a whole. Yeah, that That's like, a, uh, um, like Miss America. Miss America. Yeah, look at me. Well, as Mr. America. Um, but if if I had five minutes of the world's attention, what I would say is it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I know it's going to be hard days. I know it's going to be hard moments. I know it's going to be hard minutes, hours, years. Just keep going. Persevere. Be resilient. Recognize that the world owes us nothing. So we just got to keep on living. If we give up, then we allow something to beat us instead of us fighting to just continue to win, continue to see um, what the fruits of our labor is. Um, you just talked about a whole lot when it comes to global warming and pollution and all of this and all that stuff. But if we find ways to recognize how we can be okay, we can fix all of that. We can make this world a better place by just trusting in ourselves, not giving up, you know, because that's where, where everything crumbles is we stop fighting for the shit that we value. Um, we stop thinking that shit is going to be okay. We give up on it. I don't want to give up on you. I don't want to give up on this podcast. I don't want to give up on myself. I don't want nobody around me to give up on anything. Yeah. But we got to fight. And it doesn't mean a physical fight. It, it's way more mental ever than it is physical when it comes to getting past and getting over shit. Like, yes, I know jumping over a hurdle is a physical thing to do. But mentally, you have to jump that hurdle first. From a track and field perspective, when you run and do a hurdle race, you have to count your steps. You have to make sure you elevate properly. You have to make sure you land properly. You got to make sure you run fast. All of these things are more mental than they ever will be physical. So you just got to recognize that you got this and it's going to be okay. And that's all I want to tell the world. Yes. World that's peace. That's our moment. In a <laughs> <laughs> we want world peace. Absolutely. Definitely want world peace. And I don't think world peace is hard to accomplish. It's really not like I don't oh think I don't think people actually want world peace. That's the problem. They don't like it's ultimately what they can gain from it when it comes to a monetary value. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like like the one percenters or the billionaires like they don't understand there's like such a miscommunication because they don't understand the level of struggle that their worker ants are doing to make this economy go around and then you also got like this whole again the ai boom like i mentioned before mm -hmm. taking away thousands of jobs so things are going to be more of a struggle so we're dealing with that we're dealing with high ass groceries we're dealing with like rent high as fuck but like the pay is not equivalent if it's even there so the shit just 
isn't going great for anyone besides mm -hmm. the billionaires funding and making money off of our struggles. So it's very unfortunate to deal with. And I just think like something's got to give and what that looks like. We'll just have to wait and see. But I think I said something important earlier. I'm going to give it to my own horn um, about how I would literally do work for free. Right. And I think society needs to get to a point where everyone is more so happy to contribute versus happy to receive from what they contribute. And the society we've been conditioned to is all about, I need compensation for my worth and my work because you put that out there before. If I needed a, a, a apple, I could plant an apple in the ground, an apple seed and it'll grow. I didn't need anybody to give me permission for that. I didn't need anybody to put a price tag on that. All I needed is a seed, some sunlight and some water. But yeah, now I mean, this world just don't operate like that. It doesn't operate like that at all. Like we we have to understand the mechanisms in place in order for us to live. Like there's really unless you're buying land in like the Midwest or like you have your own garden, you have your own space. Like most people, especially in the urban areas, there's not places to grow your food. Like you do have to go to the farmers market or the supermarket and get you know the waxy ass vegetables and fruits because you need to feed your family. In order to do that, you need to make, make you need to make money. So we do have to surrender to these working conditions and you know going to work as much as we hate it in order to take care of your family. Like we don't live in that age or even that culture where like we could just plant a whole bunch of food and just live off the land. Like if we could do that, that'd be great. But like, ultimately, we don't have that in the U.S. I mean, it's entirely possible for us to do that. Um, like we talked about on the episode from the week prior to the next episode, you know, whatever I'm trying to say. Um, when it comes to like fossil fuel and when it comes to electric cars, when we recognize that something is of value to society, we're worried more so about how it's going to be of value to my pockets. There is zero reason that any industry is pushing coal. Coal is destroying the world. We're all well aware of that. There's no reason any industry should be pushing, pushing gasoline. It's destroying the world. We're all aware of that. Yet we're still keeping it going because we got to continue to pay these people until they develop enough technology where they can make money off of the next stuff. Like that's fucked up. It's fucked up. Speaking of natural resources, I recently came across a video earlier, which is fucking crazy. So apparently there is this new company that is taking the ice from the glaciers in mm -hmm. Greenland and they're shipping it down to Dubai so that they can have fresh ice mm -hmm. as like a luxury in their drinks in Dubai. So... It's like, if you think about this shit long-term, okay, you have one company, there's always others that come after, right? Especially if it's lucrative and it's making a lot of money. And now they're starting to harvest the fucking glaciers. Are you serious? Like- You didn't know what'll happen. <laughs> I was gonna say, hold on. It's already, like the planet is already warming, causing the, the glaciers to melt, right? Which is causing other natural disasters like the flooding and the forest fires and things like that. Like it's a trickle down effect. Mm -hmm. So now you have a company who is now capitalizing off the fucking glaciers that we need for our 
world to continue to cultivate Mm -hmm. to me it's like are y'all dumb you know Uh like everything it really comes down to the money aspect and it's like okay you have all this fucking money but when it comes down to like humanity is no longer thriving and it's starting to become extinct because of these stupid ass things you're trying to do to make money it's crazy why do you think that they care What do you mean? Why do I think they care? They clearly don't care. Exactly. They're not going to be here when the earth decides that we've done too much. They're not going to be here. It's no, it's no legitimate consequence to their actions. Yeah. And that goes back to my whole point of every, everything, everyone is thinking for self. Even companies, they're thinking for the company's gain and how much millions and billions they can make from taking these natural resources from fucking Greenland. It's like if we did think more of a collective and how that would benefit or be detrimental to the future generations, then shit like this wouldn't be okay. Like there would be some type of fight or like people doing more than signing a fucking petition online or even like just doing little things that don't actually matter or like even stop stuff from happening like this. Cause I think that's also the society we're creating too, especially with the Apple vision pros, right? That just came out recently, which is the virtual world and everyone being so distracted from what's going on in front of them, right? That now you're in this reality where you don't really give a fuck what's happening outside or like what laws are going in place because you in your your virtual world, you got on your Apple Vision Pros and that's all that matters. Like we've seen the movie, um, I don't know if you've seen Ready Player One on Netflix. I'll watch it. You you gotta watch it. It's so fucking good. So it's more of like a post-apocalyptic movie where um, everything is virtual, but outside of that, people are living in trailers. There's not much left to the world. And there's like super, super poor everywhere. And then there's the super rich, which is the corporations, and they're trying to win this competition. Like It's a great movie overall, but Mm -hmm. ultimately... It happened because people stopped caring. Like they want to live in the virtual world and they don't really want to be bothered or to do things outside of their virtual reality. Mm-hmm. And that's well, where we're headed. Well, if anybody wants to join us at our virtual world or even in our real world where you can sit in the seat right next to us or in one of these beautiful squares right next to our beautiful faces, you can always hit up WOAWpod at gmail.com. I got to get Dana out of here so she can go do some Pilates because yes. she's, about to, she's about to be built like Jay Cargill or something. You feel me? Like she out here. Lori Harvey out here. I was giving you somebody that's actually like a fitness model, not somebody that's just skinny. No, Lori Harvey, she got abs. She got a nice, like, muscle. She bought them shits. You think so? Yeah, she got the same Dr. Drake got. <sighs> okay. Right. But, yeah. All right. Yes, guys, if you want to join us, hit up our Gmail at WOAWpod at gmail.com. And Shout out to the contributors that um, the No, you got to go. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to, you said the contributors, right? Yes. Yes, I got it, I got four of them. So you're giving four people a twenty dollar gift card. Yes. Love that. Yes. That's dope. Love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. 
thank you for 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 putting in monetary stuff for our community. But yes. All right, Aaron. Thanks for the conversation. It's always as great. And we will see you guys on the next episode. And with that being said, we outside. Out. out.